Welcome to Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. I'm your host, Melanie, alongside the founders of VP Workforce Solutions, Carrie and Kelly. We're not just talking about resumes and boardrooms. We're exploring the heart of what makes a workplace thrive. Expect real stories, expert interviews, and practical tips that can transform your approach to staffing and career development. We'll be your guides today through the dynamic landscape of staffing and recruiting, DEIMB, talent acquisition, retention, and everything in between. Get ready to elevate your workforce solutions and go beyond the boardroom with us. This is Higher Expectations. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Melanie here. We've got today's episode, the first one, February 2024, and we're looking into strategies and considerations for hiring talent that aligns with the demands of tomorrow's workforce. It's an ever-changing workforce, and businesses are facing the challenge of not only finding skilled professionals, but also anticipating the needs of future teams and future projects. So, ladies, Kelly, Carrie, how can we help our listeners set up their business for a successful 2024? Melanie, Thank you for that. Very excited for 2024 and making this our first podcast. Let's start by exploring why future-oriented hiring is paramount in today's rapidly evolving marketplace. Uh, Not marketplace, market, pardon me. The workplace is undergoing a profound transformation. And the why is because it is fueled by technological advancements with things like AI and shifting market dynamics. So to thrive in this new era, organizations must see qualities that transcend and technical expertise. So I'm talking like qualities like adaptability, resilience, and a growth mindset. Absolutely, Cal. It's like we're navigating uncharted territory right now. And the compass is really pointing towards adaptable and resilient individuals (laughs) who can really weather the storms of change right now. You know what? I couldn't agree more. And I think that's that's the key right there is people who can weather the, weather the change because it's not easy. It's not easy for a lot of the of, of our of the candidates and the people out there. I think that the talent market is a bit of a whirlwind these days, and that's why a proactive approach to talent acquisition is crucial. And we need to be the architects of our future workforce. If we think about the word proactive, what does that mean? It really means not just filling roles or looking for roles right now, but anticipating the skills and qualities that are really going to drive success. So I'll share a quick story. I'm working with a client right now who is looking for various positions within the organization. I've known this client for a while. And when we started working together, we talked about, yes, you need to hire now but you hire now plus two to five years from now. So that is the proactive approach from a client perspective, as well as an, a candidate perspective of what are you being hired for today plus two years. So it's really about being strategic in our hiring and looking again beyond today's needs for tomorrow's challenges. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one challenge that is redefining how we approach job is how we approach job descriptions part of and this is something that I really speak to the candidates about too, when they are applying to roles. So instead of listing a laundry list of skills, it's about owning in on the competencies that make someone successful in a role. So it's almost like crafting the perfect recipe for success. If that makes sense. And what's really interesting about that is even in today's marketplace, like I've been doing this a long time in this industry. Donate yourself. People people want (laughs) that black and white job description. 
right? Mm -hmm. They do. People want to read it, even though we can tell them what it's about. They want to read it. So job descriptions per se haven't gone away. But to your point, Cal, it's really about finding that sweet spot Mm -hmm. where skills kind of meet potential. And it's really incredible how much larger and talented now the candidate pool has become when we shift that perspective. I've always been a big proponent of that for sure. I think also too, it, what plays heavily weighted into that actually is the role that you're hiring for or the role that you're applying to and depending on what those skill sets. So if you've got a hiring manager that's hypothetically, well, let's say it's like a sales role or something like that, and the candidate comes in and they might not have the 10 years plus sales. But if you notice the potential that this, the hiring manager notices the potential that this candidate has for that mm-hmm. position, just exactly to piggyback what you said, Kara, it'll just make the world a difference when it comes to, to your team and to the goals that you want your team to hit and that you're looking forward to having them hit for sure. And another element that often gets overlooked, right, in the hiring process is the investment in upskilling, right? Like who do you have right now and who do you want to upskill? The job market is really, we know this, it's a constantly evolving game. Mm -hmm. And honestly, though, continuous learning is a secret weapon. I do it, you do it, Cal, you do it, Melanie, even just in what we do, we're constantly Mm -hmm. upskilling ourselves. Why? So that we can bring this audience, right? The best in what's happening out there. But you need to do that on your own, because it's like giving your team a superpower that they mm-hmm. can adapt and in any situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a fantastic analogy. And it's not just about finding the perfect match. It's about, like you said, cultivating the potential and it's with the, the upskilling and so forth and investing in your team's growth as an investment in the future success of your company or of any company. I think you just nailed it on the head right there. I have a question. Something I've seen online recently. Tell me more about this stay interview. What is this? I can speak to that for sure. We talk a lot about, or a lot of companies do what's called the exit interview, right? When, whether they're leaving on their own or they're being let go or whatever it is, the exit interview I think has been around for a very long time. Uh We ask people to talk about what did you like about it? What can we do as a company to improve? So it's all about the company. The state interview is all about the employee. And it's really, mm. it's not a yearly review. It's, it's nothing like that. It's even over and above. And there are different questions that different organizations ask, but it's really about what keeps you here. It's what we do as recruiters in the business. When we talk to managers, why would someone want to work here? Not because mm-hmm. of the salary, not because of the benefit. Why do you work here, Mr. or Mrs. Um, line Manager? What keeps you here? That's what the stay interview is intended to be about. What keeps you here? Why do you want to be here? And what are things that we can do to keep you here? Are you interested in the philanthropy? Are you interested in, interested in joining a social committee? Are you interested in growing? So that there's maybe no surprises later when someone does resign to be like, well, you didn't have anything for me. And oh. as an employer... That is a huge investment because employers, mm-hmm. you know that it costs way more money to replace someone than it does oh, yeah. to keep someone and maybe <laughs> earn a little bit more money or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it's really about getting in another thing, getting invested in your staff to find out what keeps them there. More than the annual review, which is, hate to say, like, check the box of what you've done. This should be an mm-hmm. open dialogue. Now, let me say, though. That the stage review, if I report to Kelly, the stage review isn't, I'm having it with her. I should have it with her boss. So if it's Melanie, I should have it with her boss because 
maybe there's things that I want to say about Kelly, not bad or good, but I don't feel comfortable saying because she's my boss. And it might just be about, well, I love the way Kelly does this. If she did this, that's how I would maybe expand my wings. It's not a good or bad thing. So just let me preface that. It shouldn't be with your direct supervisor. Mm -hmm. It should be maybe with HR or Mm -hmm. the boss's boss or something like that in order to get um, real fruitful conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honest feedback. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that building a future ready team also involves, again, fostering a culture of innovation and collaboration. So organizations that encourage that open communication, Carrie, like you're just talking about, and idea sharing and a sense of belonging, create an environment where employees feel empowered to contribute their best ideas, right? And there are endless platforms for this type of engagement for online meetings and idea sharing as well. So this not only attracts top talent, but it ensures that your team is ready to tackle whatever challenges that the future holds. And I will share one one other thing is that not just in today's marketplace, Mm -hmm. but the feeling of empowerment for an employee to be able to make decisions um, without Mm -hmm. cause, again, in a certain realm, right? Honestly, is probably one of the biggest things over salary and all that sort of stuff that really keeps employees going feel like they matter, right? Belong. These are great strategies. And this is, you know, it's pivotal for forward thinking hiring and company. They need to get on board. So thank you. Let's just kind of recap the key takeaways. You guys talked about redefining job descriptions. I really liked prioritizing competence, easy for me to say, competencies (laughs) over specific skills, investing in upskilling, right? Kind of just keeping employees, you know, on the top of their game, really fostering this culture of innovation. Just on that for upskilling. If you don't know how to do that, reach out to us because we can definitely in the right direction because we can talk about all this but sometimes employers don't know how to action it so definitely reach out to us and we can point you in the right direction on how to do that for sure Yes, absolutely. Good point, Carrie. Yeah, of course, just, you know, like you said, uh, building that compelling employer brand that that's making these uh, these candidates, these employees want to come work for you and stay with these strategies you guys are talking about. It's really just going to empower these organizations to attract and retain the talent for the future and just set them up. So this has been excellent, ladies. Thank you for all these great points. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. Thank you for joining us on this journey into the heart of employment. If you found value in today's discussion or have any questions, connect with us on social media. Your thoughts and experiences are very much welcomed. You can also check us out at www.vpworkforcesolutions.com. Remember, you can always catch up on previous episodes and stay updated on future releases by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining us here on Higher Expectations Beyond the Boardroom. And remember, conversation doesn't end here. Stay inspired. And until next time, keep reaching for your goals.